Podcasting with Kerry Jones. Hi guys, and welcome to this week's podcast. This week's guest is no stranger to most of you. She hails from Halifax in West Yorkshire and is making a name for herself with her skills in flight tying on social media and also on various game shows across the country. On our chat, she tells us how it all started for her when she was a young girl, 11 years age, fishing on a boat in Carsington Reservoir and actually... She said she actually, after day one, she hated it. But that soon changed, and she went on to get a flight iron kit, and the rest is history. The local water is the River Calder, which is only a short walk from her home. She talks about her love for the river, and also tells her recent trip to Bosnia, where she had a big grayling, something which is passionate about. And her skills in flight iron has not gone unnoticed. For now she works full-time, Semperfly, managing the pro tires and social media content, and she's loving every minute of it. Welcome to my chat with Philippa Hake. Hi, Kerry. Hiya, Philippa. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Are you? Good, thanks. How have you been? Have you been out this week? Uh, not this week. We had a bit of rain over the weekend. Um, was it the weekend? No, it wasn't. It was Monday, Tuesday. We had a bit of rain. Yeah. Um, and the cold is one of these rivers where it can look like it's going to rain and it comes up. Ah. Um, so, yeah, it, it rises quite rapidly. Um, so I've just kind of, well, to be honest, I don't have time really either. Um, but I'm hoping to get out next week. Good. Fingers I- crossed. I did see a post up. Was it last week you had a rainbow somewhere on a river? Yeah, on the Derwent, yeah. Um, Derwent. Have you fished it before? Uh, it, I have fished it before, but not um, not for a few, well, probably a few months, actually. Um, and it's not it's not somewhere I go quite a lot. It's down it's in Derbyshire. Um, but it's a case of because I've not had much experience on it on my own. It was the first time that I fished it on my own. Right. Um. Um. So yeah, it was kind of putting putting what I'd been told into into action, and it worked. <laughs> good. So that that was good. You were saying it's it's a fair a drive from you then was there an hour <laughs> or so? So where are you based then? I'm based in Halifax in West Yorkshire, which is. The easiest way to describe it is if you look at a map, yeah. we are pretty much in between Manchester and Leeds. Um, so we're on, we're on like the border of Lancashire, dare oh, we say right. it. <laughs> so you're, you're in between two football cities, and then I suppose yes. Halifax is known for rugby league, though, is it? Well, I, I, I can't answer the rugby question because I'd... As much as I'd love to, I just don't understand it. <laughs> um, I've I've tried. My brother-in-law plays rugby, um, but I it goes in one ear and it goes out of the other. I'm I'm more of a football person, right? Uh, so but don't... I don't support either of them. 
Don't you? <laughs> I actually support Liverpool. Oh, well, <laughs> we, laid it, we laid it that out, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you won't be watching the Rugby World Cup then? That's on at the moment. No, right? unfortunately not. I won't be, no. Yeah, um, yeah I, just, I just don't understand it. <laughs> right. So tell me, how has your season been? Uh, it's been pretty good. Well, when I've been out, that is. I mean, the weather's not been not been great. Um, we had the big long dry spell at the beginning of the year, and then it seemed to rain and be really windy for like oh, months on end. And then all of a sudden, it's September, <laughs> and it was a bit. I've I've had the thing of, um, oh God, I really need to go fishing. Um, so I've had a bit of an itch to get out over the last kind of two or three weeks. Right. Um, but I've I've had some good days and some bad days. I mean, we all we all have a blank a blank session every now and again, and I think it's good um, to have a blank because it makes you think a little bit more, um, and actually it makes me appreciate when I actually do catch fish. So yeah, it's been it's been a bit of an up and down. It's been good, but it's been a bit of an up and down season in terms of being able to get out and the right conditions. Yeah, I found out like early season, the spring, we had a lot of wind, these cold northeasterlies, which yeah. went on for weeks. and then It just it, killed the actors as well. It did. And I went out a couple of days ago now uh, to a local lake where I fish, Talabont, because we, the, yeah. the water's risen and you think, oh, you know, it'll it'll freshen things up now. It's probably gone yeah. up about seven, eight foot, I'd say. Yeah. And uh, but as I waded in, I I, I just it was just crazy. It was warmer than yeah. my bath. Yeah. So it just <laughs> yeah, it was weird. it was really strange, wasn't it? Yeah. Really weird. So even though we get in rain, it's warm rain. So yeah. it's, it's not doing any good at all, really. But, but I think it's something that we've got to get used to these yeah warm winters and cold starts in the summer. Yeah. And then we'll get the warm weather that we've had this September. It's just a bit bunkers. Yeah. I think November starts to fish more now, like for fry feeders on the lakes and that, than it used to be yeah. years ago, <laughs> September, because the temperatures. So, yes. so tell me, you, you, you're uh, in Halifax, and I remember you saying before that your <laughs> local water is the, the Calder. Yep. Tell me more about that river then. Uh, so the Calder is, it's not the most picturesque river. Um, it's very urban. We've got, it, it runs, starts up near in Lancashire, like Todmorden Way, um, and then runs through Hebden Bridge, Mylam Royd, Sorby Bridge, um, and then r- eventually runs out towards York. Um, and it's, like, as I mentioned earlier, it could look like it's going to rain and that river comes up. Yeah. Um, and it's it's got a tendency to to kind of stay up as well. It'll take sometimes like two or three days for it to become reasonably fishable again. Right. Um, because it's never it's quite peaty water, so the the river never runs fully clear. Um, and we don't get if you compared it to somewhere like I don't know the River Eden or even the Derbyshire rivers, we don't get the kind of hatches as you would on them rivers, they're quite um, sporadic in terms of it's just like a little flurry yeah. of like olives or sedges or anything like that. Um, but it doesn't put a stop 
to the amount of fish that are in there. It is, it's one of these rivers where you've got to learn how to fish it. You can't just, I mean, you probably could, if, you, if you're quite experienced, just kind of rock up and fish the river. But if you don't have a lot of like river experience, then it can be a bit of a frustrating river to fish. Right. Um, I, I get messages quite a lot saying, you know, where where can I find some fish? And it's just a case of putting the effort, time and effort into to actually finding what flies work, where the fish are, and all river craft and things like that. Um, but yeah, it's it's got a good head of wild trout and grayling in it, um, and I just love it, absolutely love it. And it's only literally at the bottom of the road of my house. That's it's, handy. It's, walking distance, yeah. That's that's nice to be able to be so close. You can just go for a couple of hours, yeah. even for an hour. Yeah, well, as um, mentioned to a few people recently, actually, I've started kind of getting more out of a fishing session that's maybe two hours long um, instead of fishing all day long from like, you know, like I know guys that go, they leave the house at like six in the morning and they don't get back until like 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. Um, when I have come to get more joy and I get more out of a shorter session, say an hour or two after I finished work rather than heading out for a full day's fishing. Um, and that's all I need really. It, it, I get what I need from it. and But I understand why people do enjoy the full day's fishing, but I, I find them, quite tiring um, and like I say it's what you get out of it isn't it that, that counts the most Yeah. and if I don't catch I don't catch it's being on the water really that is the, be- is the, the best thing that comes out of it the so fish are just the bonus so you're looking forward now I guess the grayling fishing will come into its own now in the next couple of weeks yeah well I've actually been catching more grayling than trout the past few the past few weeks or so that I've been out Um because I, I find, particularly in the cold, we do, I find that we do have more grayling than trout, um, and oh, we have right. quite. A, there, there are there are some big grayling in there. Don't get me wrong, there are lots of small grayling, um, but we do have quite a large head of the bigger grayling. You've just got to know where they are and how to how to fish for them, really. And it, again, it all comes back to putting time and effort into working on your river craft and presentations and all that kind of stuff. So how did it all start for you then, fishing? <laughs> so it all it all kicked off really when um, I've always had an interest in fishing. And when I was younger, my brother would actually go fishing like on our local canal. Um, and I'd often go with him and I, I've always had some sort of fishing rod. The fly fishing came when I was probably about 11. Um, and my mum and dad have a caravan. And in the car- they're in this caravan club. And in the club, there was a group of guys that just, whenever they got together, would, they would go fishing. Um, and this one week, well, one weekend, we went down to casting some water, which is in Derbyshire. Um, and they were all going fishing. Now, my dad has never done fishing. He's never had any interest in fishing. And for some strange reason, he said, yeah, I'll go with them. And because they was going out on a boat, 
I was I just wanted to go out on a boat more than anything. I, I wasn't really bothered about going fly fishing. I just wanted to because Dad was going on a boat. Little eleven-year-old me wanted to go out on a boat, so um, <laughs> go on then. So I goes out with them, and it couldn't have gone more wrong if it tried. Um, we the, the the guy that we was with was quite novice as well. Like he didn't really know what he was doing. We certainly didn't know what we was doing, and that that was it. Really, it kind of we kind of came in, um, and I was like, "Nah, I, I'm, it's not for me, fly fishing." And then, fast forward, probably maybe a year or so, we went we went again, but this time we was on Formark, which is also in Derbyshire, another reservoir, and we went out, and my dad caught fish, and he gave me the rod, and then that was it. I was from that moment I was hooked, and um, I'm a hundred percent certain that if he didn't give me the rod, and I didn't land that fish, I would have, I wouldn't have been fishing. I'd have, I'd, God knows what I'd have been doing, but it wouldn't have been fishing. I wouldn't have been where I am today. Definitely not. You'd have been playing golf uh, or something like that, no? Yeah, probably <laughs> football. It was all football before fishing. Oh, was it? Um, yeah. And he got me. He got me start a fly kit rod thing, and God, it was awful. It was it had this foam handle, and every time I cast, it would loosen off, so the end would fly off. <laughs> <laughs> when, when when I cast the rod, the end would actually fly off it every like I don't know five or six casts. Um, yeah, it, it was oh, it was horrible. Um, I, I think I've still got it somewhere. Is I don't it? think I'll ever throw it away. <laughs> Just for the memory of it flinging yeah. off. Use it in the garden to tie your beans to or something. Yeah. <laughs> I remember something like that. It was like a black foam handle, one of the ones I had. It was a fiberglass. It wasn't even carbon years yeah. ago. But, uh, I'm pretty sure mine's a, it's a, I'm sure it's a Shakespeare one. And it came with them. Um, it came with a, you know, a real line, um, some really badly tied flies. <laughs> yeah. Um, and all that kind of thing, but yeah, it, it got the job done in the end. But <laughs> and that was on yeah, Castleton. Was... I do you know what? I've never been. I've heard of it when I used to work with Trogfish. I used to hear stories about Castleton. It's it's a good brown yeah, trout water. Oh, it was. I don't know if it is now. Is it? Um, I can't say I've been for oh, since probably pre-COVID. Um, but I'll always, I'll always hold it you know, as one of my favourite waters because I think it goes a bit un untalked about. Like yeah. a lot of people you know, it's kinda of, it's a bit of a hidden gem, I think. Um and it is a cracking water. I mean it's it's not too big, it's not too small and it's just great fishing. Um and I should really put more time and effort into into going back down you see, and doing some reservoir fishing. Yeah. I, I like the reservoirs, to be honest. Yeah. You you say um you, you were hooked then. Was your father yeah. was your father the same or did he as no. he's interested <laughs> in it as you? No, no. Um, he'll we'll go occasionally. Um he's he's probably not been for a few years now. Um bless him, he, he gets arthritis in his hands. So um he, I always know when he's had enough because it, especially if we go out on like a boat or anything like that, he'll He'll just sit back and he'll get his camera out and he'll go, I'm just going to take some pictures. Um, and I, I know I know then that he's, he's getting a bit tired yeah. <laughs> or his hands are hurt. 
and he never took he never took to the to the river fishing. Um, he found it all a bit complicated, bless him. Um, but yeah, we, we do we do sometimes go still. So how does it how did it transform from you were going on the lakes to eventually you went on the rivers? Yeah. So it all started with the lakes and the small still waters, which I'm probably sure it does for a lot of anglers. Um, and I was walking the dog one day down on the river, like I say, it's only literally at the bottom of our road. And on the river, there was this guy stood in the middle of the river with a fishing rod. And I was like, whoa, he's, he's fly fishing. And completely unbeknown to me, you could fly fish on a river. I've, my dad was with me and we was talking to him. Um, and it turns out it was it was a local guide. He was called Gary Hyde, and he's um, he's no longer with us now, sadly. But um, he gave me some flies, and I've still got some. He gave me a San Juan worm, an, an olive San Juan worm, and wow. I've still got it. Wow. Um, and then the next thing was, Dad, can I have some waders? Dad, I need a river rod. <laughs> um, so I got I got all the kit for the river fishing. Um, and I was in college, and probably, how old would I have been? Uh, seven, 16, 17. And I wasn't sure if I wanted to go back for my, what would have been my final year at college. I wasn't, I, I was in that space where you, you're not sure what you want to do. You don't know if you want to go carry on or get a job or anything like that. So I spent literally the whole of that summer fishing the same spot on the river the whole of the summer and wow. I'd not had a clue what to do wow. um, and on the very last day I caught a really small grayling and I was like wow this is good and then I decided not to go back to college and I got a full time job All right. and, in, and that's that was like another turning point. I'm, I'm honestly, I'm convinced that if I'd have not caught these certain fish, I would have just packed it in. Um, but if if I could look back, I would have booked a guide um, because I think if you re- if you're unsure about anything about any, you know, rivers, still waters, or the big reservoirs or anything, the best thing you can do is book a guide because these guys know their waters like the back of the hand. Um, and you, that's you can gone. waste you can waste a lot of time, can you? You can have days yeah, trying to exactly. find out something where yeah. they will tell you in an hour. Yeah, exactly. And that, that's that's like what I did. I I spent what six or seven weeks going down to the river, and I was just fishing every day, and nothing was happening. And if I'd have just booked booked this guide, Gary, God, God knows what would have happened, but. Uh, it had been a fast track <laughs> into catching some fish for yeah. sure, um, but that's that's where it all started on the river uh, river fishing. Sorry, and then it kind of then grew to Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and stuff. And I got in contact with well, it opened the door then to friendships and whatever else. And I ended up meeting up with um, Lisa Riles who. She's quite close to me. She's in Blackpool, so she came over. Um, and again, having these links to people and people to take you out and show you, you know, their 
spending their time and and efforts to come over and fish with me was like it, well invaluable. It was le- just a massive learning curve, and you end up meeting people on there that become friends for life. Um, and that's where that's again where it all kicked off. It was just right. I'm, I'm not really sure what I'm doing, but I've got an idea, and that was it. It just kind of grew from there. If you're enjoying this podcast, please consider becoming a patron. Well, you get weekly podcasts, some of the country's leading names, plus access to the archive of over 140 episodes, plus behind-the-scenes photography and prizes. And this week, Philippa has given a prize of a selection of flies she has tied for my Patreon members. To join, visit patreon.com forward slash Jones. You had the taste then of the competition scene as well, didn't you? Yeah, so I got into, that, that all came about, I was going to Poland to fish on the talk streams in Poland with Lisa. Um, and the day that we was going was the day of the Ladies National, which was on, was it on Grafham? I think it was on Grafham. And because I didn't drive then, it was a case of I'll have to either fish this competition and see what happens because I've, me and Lisa was travelling together to France on the on the Euro tunnel. Um what was then, that just for pleasure, was it? Or was it a competition you were with her? No, no, that was just that was just a fishing trip, just a pleasure fishing trip, yeah. yeah. Um but the competition was the same day that we were travelling, so it was either I go down and sit on the bank for six hours and twiddle my thumbs kind of thing, or I just enter the competition and fish. So I entered the competition, I ended up actually qualifying as a travelling reserve. And I was like, oh God, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Um, and because before we'd started fishing, these guys rocked up and they've got big, massive tackle boxes, which have got like 20 fly lines, yeah. different reels. And I was like, I'm really embarrassed now because I showed up with one rod, three lines and a reel. <laughs> I was like, oh, God. And they've got, like, hundreds of flies. And I'm like, oh, oh no, what am I going to do? This is embarrassing. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I qualified on – I caught two fish and I qualified as a travelling reserve. Um, and as it turns out, someone dropped out through injury and I actually fished in the international. And, again, that was, like, a bit of a, a learning curve. And it's – you know, I get that guys enjoy – competition fishing stuff but it's not it's not for me I don't think it's I get much more pleasure out of relaxed environments and not having the pressure of catching so many fish it was actually quite a tough tough day we um it had been really really um like windy all week um it was on Grafham the, the international was on Grafham right um and there was it was windy all week and then the come the match day it was really hot and it was a flat calm and it had brought all the algae up. Um, and I think there was, there was something like four fish between third and first. Wow. Um, and we were the, I think I'm sure we was the only team that all catch um, all of the, the team members caught. Um, but yeah, it, it was, it was an experience and, you know, I've met, met people that are still friends with now and stuff like that. But, for me, it's um, river fishing is the 
It's a good it's incentive a as well to think that you don't need all the gear to do it. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, and like I say, I've literally showed up with three fly lines, one rod and a reel. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, it just goes to show that you don't, do you really need all the all the tackle, all these different fly lines? Because you're certainly not going to use 20 fly lines in three fishing. Yeah. I think these tackle manufacturers are thinking more about catching the anglers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what it is, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely that. So, but I, it was it was a learning curve, and I enjoyed it. Yeah. Now you mentioned as well you had a, a really nice fish, and when we spoke last, I was asking, you know, mm-hmm. what what goals have you got for the next couple of months or the next season, even? And yeah. you were saying about getting a, a big grail in. What was the story there with the one you had? Yeah, so the, the one I had, I had two. I went fishing last week, and um, I was walking back. I was pretty much walking back to the car to come home to have tea and I walked past this pool and I've always done well in this particular pool and something in my head just said oh you should put 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 some nymphs through that and where's this then so I climbed uh, this is on this is on my local the river calder all right um, and so I jumped down the wall because the calder is one of these rivers where you on our stretch of it on the club stretch um it's a kind of getting where you can there's no real like access points it's yeah. a lot of it scrambling down banks jumping down walls and stuff like that um so i jumped down the wall um, and i'm fishing away and like third fourth cast it was this really subtle take and i wasn't even sure that it was a fish there was just a split second where the indicator stopped and i struck and it was this grayling i was like oh that's nice grayling um but it actually turned out bigger than I thought it was um, and I, I do have a weigh in it but I didn't have it on me oh. um, but I, I reckon maybe just under two pounds nice. um, but if I was to have a goal I really really want to catch a big grayling um, I went out to Bosnia last year and I was like I, you know like there's quite big grayling out in Bosnia um, and again that was an eye opener trip and I came about four centimetres short of like a fifty centimetre fish. Wow. Um and yeah, I was I was pretty good and I'd, I'd really love to go back. Um so I'd, you know, that that'd be a goal for next season to get back to Bosnia. Is there similar techniques to, to fish for them in Bosnia? Um yes and no. So we when when I went out it, a, a lot of it was dry fly fishing, um and downstream dry fly fishing. Um and I, I wasn't really sure. It was a bit of a, a spur-of-the-moment trip. Um, you know, like some, some things that happened in private life and stuff like that. And I was like, do you know what? I'm, I'm going to go on a trip. I'm going to go to Bosnia. So I booked onto this trip. And like I said, I wasn't really sure what to expect. I'd heard that it was amazing. Um, so I got there and it was all like size like really small flies, really small, like just like S flies, little emergers, little olive emergers, like, but I'm talking like size 22s, 24s, like really small stuff. Right. And you, you usually start the morning like with a nymph, just a single nymph, again, really small. And then as soon as the sun comes up, you start to see these big shadows in the water. Um, and where before the sun comes up, you, or like over the mountain, 
you couldn't really see any of these fish, so you were like blind fishing. But as soon as the sun came up over the top, there was it was just like you were stood on grayling. Wow. Like there was this everywhere. And then they'd start rising. Um, and yeah, so like I said, I caught a few nice grayling out there, but I came, I fell short and uh, and I've got to go back. It's, it's, it's on the list to go back next year, hopefully. Did you catch the big one on a dry? Yeah, the, the, oh, the one from Calder. No, no, the one you said you was four oh, centimetres short of 50, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there was all, they're pretty much all on the dry. Um, it was, it's just incredible out there though. It's, the people are lovely and the fishing's just immense. Did you go with anyone or did you just went part of a, a, a yeah, a, no, a, I went, um, I went with, um, Ardvark McLeod. Um, oh, right, yeah. So I booked it, you know, Alex Jardine, stuff like that. Um, and I went out with, I think it was six of us. Um, there was me, God, who else? There's a guy called Kevin Tipper um, from Ireland, um, Phil Ratcliffe. Um, yeah, there was there was quite a few of us. Um, it was a really good laugh as well. I guess you were prepared for it, I guess, because um, they, they would have told you what flies... You know, yeah, go so, down small and size 24s, yeah. 22s or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you get a bit of information about it. But I'd, I'd, um, I'd known people that I'd been before as well. Um, so a few of the, the guys that I speak to regular had said, you know, go down small and accept this and accept that. But it still doesn't prepare you yeah. <laughs> for, when, for when you actually get there. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, we, we spent three days on the river Ribnick, which was the dry fly and then we went over to the river cleaver and god that river really bends your head um it's it's crystal clear the light the light chalk streams so like gin clear water yeah and you'll be wading along and there's like holes in the river but they look about three to four foot deep um, in actual fact, they're probably about 10 foot deep. Um, but but you can't tell, so you've got to be really careful when you're weird. Um, Jeez, yeah. But yeah, that was that was a difficult river to fish. Um, it, it takes you a day or two to actually get get used to fishing it and, you know, what you actually need to do. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a special place, certainly a special place. So maybe next year then? I hope I'm hoping to go back next year. Yeah, like everything crossed to get back next year. How often do, um, do you get out to fish over here? Um, in in the trout season, I try for a couple of times a week. With the, I have like two or three rivers on my doorstep. Um, like two of them are like five minute drive. Um, the other one is the River Air over in like um Silsden Skipton, where that's about forty minutes from me. Um. And I, yeah, so I try to get out to you know, if I'm lucky, three three times a week during the trout season. Nice. Um, obviously, when the grayling season comes into play, we get the shorter days and dark nights and stuff. It becomes a little bit more difficult because fishing, as I'm sure for a lot of people, becomes a weekend thing. Yeah. Um, with work and whatnot. Um, so the gray, the grayling season is a little bit more tough. Um, and then you've obviously got the weather to contend with. The thing um, is, as great yeah. where you are, as we mentioned earlier, you can just go out, you know, at the yeah, spur of the moment, really. Yeah, it's 
I could just, I finish work sometimes at like four o'clock and I can be at the river at quarter past four. Nice one. Um, so in, in trout season, that's like amazing because you could fish until like 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it can, it can be quite dangerous though. <laughs> um, and again, that's, it comes back to the whole, you know, I'm getting much more out of fishing for a couple of hours after work. Yeah. Um, it's getting shorter. It's shorter now, man, isn't it? I noticed like half past seven, quarter to eight now. It's, it's getting yeah. really dark, so yeah, it's running dark. away. Yeah. I think that's what spurred me on because um, I've just with, you know, other commitments and stuff, I've not had time to put as much effort into fishing in the last two or three months. And then all of a sudden it's September and I'm like, oh, I need to yeah. go fishing before the season ends. That's what I've, I've noticed. I've got a bit, of, a bit of a kick going. Yeah. But that's what I noticed, actually. I'm looking on your social media page, and um, I see there's more tying going on than fishing. Now, you've, <laughs> yeah. made, you've made a name for yourself in the tying scene, and we actually met in the BFFI last, yeah, well, earlier on, on this year. How did you get into tying? Uh, so tying came about, um, we'd, me and my dad had been fishing to, oh, I can't remember where we'd been. We'd been fishing somewhere, and... I'd asked him if we could call in at Fly Only, which is um, one of my local fishing shops, which is based in Huddersfield. Um, it's family run by a guy called Stuart and Vicky, and they have a son called Dylan. And we'd called in at this shop, um, no intention of buying anything to do with fly tying. And Dylan used to be at the shop tying flies, um, and he's a pretty good fly tire like he ties classic salmon flies he's had like guidance from the likes of paul little um so he's, he's pretty yeah he's pretty good at, good at fly tying and i saw him tying these flies and he's i think he's a year younger than me maybe and i was like wow what is he doing so of course i look at dad and we walked out of the shop with a vineyard starter kit Great. and one of them really, really cheap vices. I think the vice was like £10 or something like that. And um, he said, my dad, to the shop, um, the lady at the shop, Vicky, she was like, he was like, she'll use it for a week and then it's going to go in the loft <laughs> and it's never going to be seen again. Um, and slowly but surely, the little box turned into a bigger box and then the bigger <laughs> box then turned into taking over the spare room with a desk and stuff. Um, and yeah it just it just never stopped and I regularly tell my dad look it's not in the loft yet and we're 10 years in <laughs> <laughs> I bet you get great pleasure telling him proving him wrong yeah yeah exactly I love it <laughs> as I said um, we, we but, met in the BFFI do you do many shows yeah um, yeah I do the, I, I've what do I do? So I've done the British Fly Fair, um, Glasgow Angling Centre, um, the Yorkshire Show, um, Irish Fly Fair. I'm going to the. I've never I've never been to the Irish Fly Fair, um, but I'm I've been invited to go this November, right. um, and I've tied. I have tied at another Irish show, the um, Irish Spring uh, Irish Spring Angling Fair, um, twice. So yeah, if if I get invited, I'm usually there. Um, and as you say, I'm quite 
active on social media, posting flies and stuff like that. Along my fly tying journey, I was lucky to be a part of the Semperfly Pro team. And that was probably three and a half years ago, something now, when I joined up with the pro team. And about a year, probably about a year ago, actually, um, and who runs Semperfly um, put out an email request for some, you know, just some a little bit of help with social media and stuff. Um, and I thought, oh yeah, I'll um, I'll put my hand forward and you know try help out a little bit more, give something back and whatnot. So we, you know, had a meeting and stuff, and start, I started helping out with the social media, and that's all it started off with, just you know helping out and stuff like that. And fast forward maybe two or three months, it became apparent that it was going to be a little bit more than social media. Um, and so it ended up, I went down to four days at my, what was my old job. Um, and then in May this year, I was asked if I wanted to go full time. Um, and it was a bit like, oh my God, what what do I do? Um, I didn't have to think of it, think about it much, but it was it was just a big change because I was in quite a physical job before. I was a dry cleaner. And I'd gone from, you know, standing up, working quite physically for 10 hours a day to an office-based job. Um, so it was a bit of a, a bit of a, a bit of a change, but I'm finding my bearings a lot more now and I'm absolutely loving it. They're a great company to work for. And, uh, and yeah. So you work from so, home, um, do you? Yes, yeah, so um, I work from home three days a week and I go, because they're, they're quite close to me, I simplify their um, head office is in Selby, which is on a good day if the M62 is kind to me um, it takes me about 50 minutes um, to get to them, so yeah, I'm there two days a week and then I work from home three days a week Right, um, I, I did actually a podcast with Anne and she was, yeah. I didn't realise until we spoke at the time that even though she lives up near you uh, yeah. she's actually she was born two miles from where I live. I can walk to yeah. where you used to live, you know. Small world. Uh, yeah. He's, that's yeah, but yeah, it's anywhere. great fun. Yeah, <laughs> you do. <laughs> yeah, it's great fun. I'm absolutely loving it. So what does it um, involve? The social media side? So I, uh, yeah, so I do most of the social media. I kind of look after the pro team. So it's, it's the, we've got quite a big pro team now. There's like nearly a hundred of us, like based worldwide, um, from like all corners of the world. We've got you know Australia, New Zealand, America, South America. We're we're, we're everywhere. Um, so my my kind of job is to kind of manage them, um, make sure they're all all right, and you know we're doing stuff for them and making sure they're happy and they've got what they need for shows and stuff like that. And then also stuff that goes on behind the scenes, so like new products that are in the pipeline and stuff like that, um, helping sort all them. And yeah, just stuff that goes on that the public don't see until it until it gets released kind of thing. It's a perfect job, really, yeah. for someone's into fly fishing, isn't it? It is. It's, I have, sometimes have to pinch myself um, and think, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm actually working in an industry that I love. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah, it's it's good fun. I love it. Are there any flight tires which inspire you? Yeah, quite a few. Um, so I 
when I first started tying, I was told to look on YouTube. Um, and that's kind of what people tell everyone is, you know, go on YouTube and search fly tying and you'll have thousands of videos to go off. Um, but the, the the guys that really inspired me were the likes of David McPhail and Paul Little. Um, and actually, when I first started tying, I'd met Paul Little a few times um, and through a mutual friend. I don't know if you know what, Anne Woodcock. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, so Anne's, I call Anne my fishing mum. She actually introduced me to you we, at the show. Yeah, she did. Yeah, she's the, uh, God, I love that lady. Um, she introduced me to Paul Little and I actually used to send my flies in the post to Paul and he would email me with what needs doing to them and what, what's wrong with them and what's good about them and all that kind of stuff. Wow. Um, so yeah, it's people that inspired me, certainly Paul Little, um, David McPhail's and then you, you start to then be introduced to other people. So you've got the likes of Tim Woods and um, Gail Marsh people like that who I'd, who I'd then see at these shows that I'd go to, because I used to go to like Glasgow Angling Centre and the British Fly Fair, you know, just as a member of the public kind of thing. And that leads me on to the, if you're ever stuck about anything, YouTube is is okay and it's a great resource to to see how flies are tied and stuff, but you can only ask, you can't ask questions to a YouTuber. Um, I mean, you can write comments and stuff, but there's nothing to say that that person's going to get back to you. Whereas, if you're asking questions that short, like there in person, um, it's it's instant, and you take much more away from it because you can actually see the fly being tied in person. Um, and again, that comes back to the fishing as well. If you're a new angler and you're on some water that you you really don't know and you're struggling, don't waste time, book book in with a guide because um, these guys again they know the stuff they they know what the fish are like in the river the or the lake or the still water or anything um, it's their time is priceless if you want to know what where to go and what to do um, yeah they, they know the things these guides great tell me do you actually tie for a living as well do you actually take orders or is it just for yourself <laughs> I, I I used to, so like in COVID and stuff, I'd do the odd order and whatnot, and it did, at, at one point, I was, like, turning people away, um, but since changing jobs and, you know, other things, I just, I, to be honest, I don't have the, the bandwidth to do it anymore, yeah. um, and, you know, I'll pass the, the people that want flies, I'll pass them to to other guys now who um, who were more than more than happy to take them on um, but yeah and it kind of it was starting to take its toll on this is my hobby kind of thing yeah. um, and I think that happens with a lot of people that tie tie for other people they get they get into a bit of a rut with it yeah. Um, so yeah so I, I'll do I'll do you know flies for friends and stuff like that and I have a a lot that goes into the wild trout trust um, another charity organisation kind of thing where I've donated flies and stuff like that. Oh, right. um, but yeah, that's 
that's about where most of most of the flies now are for, for my box kind of thing. If I'm over at the uh, at the Irish Fly Fair in November, which yeah, yeah. possibly I will, I'll call over and have a chat with you then. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Sorry. Well, before we wrap up, I've thoroughly enjoyed mm-hmm. the chat. Well, there's one, yeah, me more, too. one more question I want to ask. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where would you want to be to make your last cast? Oof. As I said earlier, the, the colder isn't very, it's not the most picturesque river. Like you, you could, some people would probably say the River Test or you know, the River Spey or the Tay or something like that. But for me, it would have to be where I'd put my teeth on river fishing and that'd be the river holder. Um, and you might not catch a massive fish and you might not catch anything at all, but that is where my last cast would be. Many thanks, Philippa. Thank you for having me. If you've enjoyed this podcast and want to listen to more, please consider becoming a Patreon. We will get weekly podcasts and access to over 140 episodes behind-the-scenes photography to go with each episode, plus other exclusive content and prizes. To become a Patreon, visit patreon.com forward slash castingwithkerryjones or you can find the link on my website castingwithkerryjones.com That's all for now. Tight lines, and may they always be up in the wave.